You're listening to Dwelling Place Podcast, sponsored by Parkside Bible Church. Our goal is to have a conversation about how we can become a dwelling place for God by His Spirit, centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Dwelling Place Podcast. This is episode five already, and I'm excited to get into this. Uh, So let's dive right in. The last few weeks, we've been talking about God and his transcendence and imminence, which means he's different than us, he's above us, he's other than us, but he's also intimately involved and near us. So not just us individually, uh, but all of human history, God is intimately near and connected to it, and he cares about it. So we can think of that as God's sovereignty, being above everything, but also caring for everything. And today we're going to think of God's divine freedom, his ability and his uh, character allows him to choose whatever he wants. God can really do whatever he wants and that's foundational to who God is. And today we're going to talk about us as humans, uh, creatures of God, creations from God. And the first thing we need to see here though is that God really chooses to create out of his divine freedom. Uh, kind of an overflow of his love uh, within himself, uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There is this connectedness and love and relationship and community that kind of overflows and pours out into creation. He chooses to create because he can and because he just loves. It's in his character. And the first thing that we need to see about the creation uh, narrative and, and what goes on there in Genesis 1 is that God speaks things out of nothing. Right off the bat, God is giving words power, and he's bringing things into existence where there was nothing. So this isn't just God picking up something and starting to mess with it like Plato or something. This is God literally speaking things into existence. Uh, one of the rules of physics, and I don't really know much about physics, uh, but one of the rules that I was taught and is pretty common people talk about is you can't create or destroy matter. You just change it. So chemistry is all about switching from one form of matter to another. You can't bring something into existence and you can't completely destroy it. You just change the way it looks. But God, however, when he creates, He literally brings it out of nothing. He speaks everything into existence. So God is really seen from the very beginning in Genesis 1 as the creator of everything, but also uh, the one who can speak it into existence. And he creates everything. uh, Trees, oceans, land, sky, the heavens, planets. Uh, He creates order to all of those things. He creates time itself, and he also creates matter. So the things you can physically touch and feel and observe, uh, he creates all of that. And one of the big points of the creation narrative in Genesis 1 and 2 is that this is not a world of scarcity or there's a little bit of it. This is really an abundant world. God gives it and creates it abundantly. It's overflowing. It's more than we need. It's outstanding and beautiful and abundant is a good way to think about it. And finally, after he creates all of that stuff, in Genesis 1, verse 26, uh, God says this. Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. 
male and female, he created them. So that first phrase there, when it says, let us make man in our own image, what that's getting at is this uh, community within God. God decided in himself to create people. And he says, create them in his image and his likeness. That word image is the same word that comes up later, like in the Ten Commandments, where it says, do not make for yourself a graven image. Uh, this is like something that it represents the unseen God or reality behind it. So when you think about ancient idols, what they were doing was they were pictures and symbols that represented the invisible God behind them. At least that's how they thought about it. So when someone would offer a sacrifice to Baal, they weren't offering it to the idol. They were offering it to Baal, but doing it in front of that idol as his representative. So when God says, let's make man in our image, what he's saying is people are his representative of everything he's created. Um, The likeness is that same kind of idea. It's the same pattern or uh, character traits as God. He carries all, we carry all the authority of God as humans over all of creation. Now, of course, we get to Genesis 3 and sin happens and it kind of distorts all of that. But I don't want to jump ahead to Genesis 3 because we have to really ground ourselves here before sin enters the picture. So originally, God created people to be his representatives. We, at the original, at the beginning, uh, we carried God's authority over creation. The end of verse 26 says, Let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So part of the role of people was to be God's representatives over all of creation. And that includes work, which was not a result of sin and death, but work was actually part of what it meant to be human from the very beginning. Uh, But we also get to participate with God's uh, creation and this world that he created, and he gives people responsibility in it. So we see the entire story of creation as an abundant gift. Creation itself is abundant and beautiful and vibrant and explosively new. And people carry God's authority as his representatives to rule over that. Um, So it's a good thing to be human because God created us. And that image and likeness that God instilled in people doesn't go away when sin enters the picture. We still have God's image and his likeness. Uh, He still loves us as his representatives and authority over the earth. But sin enters the picture and distorts all of that. So we don't even know how to talk about it or think about it without starting to uh, think sinfully about it. We just don't know what life was in the garden where there was this lack of sin. We don't really know what it was like to be able to fully be God's authority and representatives without sin and death in the picture. But we are still instilled with God's image. And it's good to be human because God created us. So in chapter 2 of Genesis, verses 15 and 17, uh, God says, well, this happens, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. 
And the Lord commanded the man, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden. So the very first part of verse 16 is God gives Adam freedom from all of this abundant creation that he's given. You can eat from any tree in the garden. Have at it. Enjoy this. This is good. It's abundant. Have fun with it. But then in verse 17, God says, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. So what's going on there? God gives Adam all this freedom over everything that God's created as his full representative, except that one tree. What's going on there? Is God being sneaky? Is God being tricky? Does God want Adam to sin? We're going to talk about that next time and maybe think about it this week. What's the point of that? And I don't really have a perfect answer, but as we explore it next week, maybe some of this will become a little bit clearer. Uh, So the big things we want to take away from this episode, though, is that God created out of his divine freedom. He created a world of abundance, and people are his image bearers, uh, his authority and representation over all of it. It's good to be human, so enjoy it. Have a great week. Bye.